0: Bracketology! The championship game has arrived! Scissor me daddy-ass! We are here for the championship game! We are going to determine the best wrestling faction, and I have gathered the four biggest sweaty soap opera friends I can find. We are doing it! Okay, you all aren't sweaty. You might be. I don't know. I'm not really there.
1: It's a little hot here in
0: Florida, but you know what? Let's jump right into it. Uh, the pride of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Not a whole lot there to be proud of, but. <laughs> Mike my to my friend, how are you doing? And what are you drinking?
2: We have a beautiful boardwalk. I will have you know. And I uh,
1: almost got
0: shot there.
2: Did you? That's no. Sadly, not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm very excited. We finally got past the jobber matches of the previous couple rounds and uh, nothing but five star bangers ahead of us for the Elite Eight. Uh, So I will continue to drink my water. Uh, One must hydrate in these difficult times that we face difficult decisions. Uh, Candace has reminded me I have to take my pills So that's uh, something else to look forward to Uh, So yeah, I will pass it along to our next contestant And say, bring it on Well,
0: speaking of my second favorite Kirsten Dunst movie Let's go ahead and let's hear how Bandy's doing
3: Hey, also hailing from South Carolina And I laugh at the Myrtle Beach comment Because I lived there for a little bit And I mean, it's true So um I just got beer all over my microphone. So that's fine. Um but <laughs> I deserve that. What you get? It is what I get, but it's fine. I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk more wrestling because this is, you know, my bread and butter. This is my life uh which is a niche wrestling thing that I could also say this is your life. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm ready to talk about these groups. I'm ready to uh, go round for round. I'm ready to talk uh, and sway people into voting the same way that I vote, which is correctly.
0: So here I thought we were going to take a swing towards the emo band. Do some simple plan. Welcome to my life. <laughs> do not love uh, Jeffy
3: Boone. He you talk it, about emo.
4: No. Nothing. <laughs> By the way, <laughs>
0: they do a good show. Simple Plan was a good show. It was simple. Who was it? Simple Plan, uh, Some Forty One, and The Offspring. Three great shows. Nice. All right. Next up, you know him, you love him. He's been here before. He'll be here again. Alan, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking?
5: Uh, I'm good. Still drinking the guava cart. Um, yeah, I'm ready to get to these because these are some intense matchups for sure that we got left.
0: Oh, we got the heavy hitters left. Speaking of heavy hitters, Rowan, I don't have a witty introduction for you, my friend. I'm sorry. I was spacing there. Like I try and do all this stuff off of my head. The only thing I can come to say is that the amazing Rowan Ward is here. Rowan, how are you? Doing <laughs> what are you drinking?
4: I am doing all right, and you know your your, your little intro is just making me think because yeah, um, I get why they weren't on. I get why they weren't on the bracket, but also. Everybody loves the acclaimed and scissor me daddy ass. Just, ah, I I don't know if I've ever been so delighted as I was when I got to scissor with the acclaimed earlier this year. That made me very happy. But anyway, I'm here. I'm drinking beer. I'm talking about wrestling, specifically talking about beer. I still got that three Floyd's variety pack and I now have the backmasking oatmeal stout. So let's see if we can get a nice pop
0: Uh, i love oatmeal stouts
4: oh that's good usually when i think three floyds i think hoppier stuff although not always they had a beer called ham and rye that tasted like i was drinking a ham sandwich and it was delish this doesn't taste like a ham sandwich but it tastes like a dang good oatmeal stout
0: are they in the chicagoland area
4: they're just over the border in munster indiana
0: but i can get them in chicago I'm hoping. Oh
4: yeah, they're all over. I mean, I I got the I got this um I got this pack of beers at a liquor store about a mile and a half from my apartment.
0: Well, I am hoping to be in the Chicagoland area this summer, and I will have to hopefully grab some of that and maybe buy you a drink too. That'd be awesome.
4: Yeah, let me know when you're here. We'll get together, drink some beers, maybe even play some pub quiz.
0: Oh, I'm sure we will. Brittany's made it abundantly clear she's making a list of people I need to talk to. Apparently.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's its not like I ever see Britney. It's not like I was out with Britney on Sunday night or anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. Last but not least, the pride of Jacksonville, Florida, and your Trivial Hall of Famer, Trivia Hall of Famer, Mr. Chris Hollister. How you doing, my friend? And give a shout out to a local company.
6: Finally. It's good to be back on here again. So, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to this last uh, bit. Uh, we should have some fun tonight. I no longer have to uh, be afraid about talking about my hatred for the NWO because they gone. And so Chris is a happy boy right now. Anywho, uh, shout out to a local company. My favorite little breakfast, nook little place called the Village Bread Compa- uh, Cafe. Uh, here in town. Got to check them out. By the way, they have the absolute best bread pudding you've ever had in your life there. So hundred percent try that junk out. Mm, so uh, again, any of y'all come into town, let me know. I will hundred percent take you there for some breakfast. You will not be disappointed. And also Chris, thanks for having me back on. This has been a lot of fun these last few episodes. And again, in the previous episode, you got a rare, you got a rare thing. I swore on recording and it's out there for the whole world to see, and hopefully my wife yeah. won't hear it.
0: Oh, believe me, I'm fighting the urge to text Jonathan
6: right now. <laughs> well, fair enough. He's he's heard me swear before in the past, just uh, but not on not on recording. So
0: I've got to I got to dial this up a little bit. So I'm going with something to ease some of my burns from last episode. I'm making myself a little cocktail. Ooh. I already got some uh, a little bit of this in here. Let's go with a little bit of this as well.
4: What are these? This is is. is is, an audio medium, after all. (laughs) This
0: is what I lovingly like to call a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It is peanut butter whiskey and Godiva chocolate liqueur.
4: Ooh, Ooh. Ooh, that sounds good.
0: Not really diabetically
6: friendly, though. No. Which brand of
0: whiskey? Oh, it's a, a bottle I got for free called Rams Point, which is why I'm drinking it. Okay. This needs more whiskey, though, so bear with me here. <laughs> All right. Well, we got seven picks to get to tonight. We got a champion to crown. The time limits, by the way, are off. I will let you talk to your heart's content. There's there's still a little bit of a limit, but I'm, I'm going to let you guys run a little bit wild here. We're going to start this one off with Turner. Turner, you're kicking us off the opening part of the bracket. The one seed Degeneration X already took care of the fabulous Freebirds and the main event Mafia to get here. The Bloodline disposed of the Triple Threat and Raven's Flock to get here. It is the one seed versus the four seed. Turner, it's over to you.
2: What's so interesting about this matchup to me is I think. I, I, I don't know if you can define current WWE in terms of most successful. I, I think they're pretty up there in terms of revenue they're seeing, crowds they're seeing, certainly hotter than they've been in many, many years. And you can positively 100%, 150% attribute that to the bloodline. They brought them back from the depths of despair during the pandemic area. We had freaking Roman Reigns uh, handcuffed to a post getting dog food dumped on him by Baron Corbin. That's where we were before they did this stuff. Not good times. Then you look at the Attitude Era. Undisputably, WWF's most profitable point, And I definitely don't think we're there without DX. So... How do you even begin to measure this? Um, I, I honestly, I'm just going to have to go with what has been more meaningful to me. I'm going ha- ha- to have to pull the Rowan approach and said, "What what do I have better memories of?" And yeah, it's going around and telling my teachers to suck it in high school. You know I mean, <laughs> it's it it is what it is. Catch That's a deten-
6: bold strategy,
2: Cotton. Catching detention because <laughs> you're throwing cross chops. Um, I I respect the work, I think, a lot more from the bloodline. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Road Dog or Billy Gunn's in-ring work. Uh, Triple H was good at that point, Xbox was good. Um, but so I'm I'm a bigger fan of the bloodline's work rate, but in terms of collective memory and what i think they meant to the wrestling conscious i have to vote dx
0: dx has its first vote baney going to you yeah you gotta give
3: dx their flowers um they have phenomenal i mean you think of attitude era you think of DX. you think of them invading <laughs> quote unquote quote unquote, uh wcw and just doing everything like that. You have, you know, all the funny skits, you have them, you know, being degenerates, which was the, that's why they were Degeneration X. And then you have the bloodline, which again is probably the best thing going on right now in the modern era in regards to the storytelling, in regards to captivating the audience, making them feel things at an emotional level. I am pretty sure I teared up during I mean, when the Usos lost at WrestleMania because of the story they told with Sami Zayn. And going off of that, one of these groups did not do a blackface skit. Therefore, I'm voting for the Bloodline.
0: (laughs) The Bloodline's got its first vote. Alan. This is... This is the tough one. This is probably the toughest
5: choice for me out of the ones we have to pick from. Because, yeah, did I do crotch shops and tell people to suck it? Absolutely. Do I tell people they better, you know, acknowledge me currently? I absolutely use that line. 100%. Uh, it, God, this is so tough. Because I definitely remember. But I I got to pick the bloodline. Sorry.
0: Oh, the four-seed is up two to one on the one-seed bloodline has got a lead. Rowan, we're going to you.
4: I loved Degeneration X back in the day. Suck it was a huge thing for me, and it's still just during one of the commercial breaks at Survivor series a couple weeks ago in the arena. What did they do? They played the DX theme song over the loudspeakers at the All-State Arena and At a regular sports event, they'll do the kiss cam. At the WWE Premium Live event, they did the suck it cam. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they just cut to different parts of the audience and had people do crotch chops on the Jumbotron. And it was hilarious. That said, like I know I've said before, wrestling is best for me when it makes me feel feelings. And only one of these factions has gotten me to the point where I wrote a poem and read it at opening night the day after the PLE because of something that happened during the PLE. And that was the day after Elimination Chamber this year when there was the whole thing about Reigns handing the chair to Jay to hit Sammy with it and he wouldn't. Like, that messed with me and I don't mean messed with me in a bad way just like messed with me as in gave me feelings that I had to process through writing and reading poetry in public and with that the bloodline gets my vote
0: we promised you all fireworks and the one seed is out the bloodline's got a 3-1 lead Chris did we get this right
6: um, you know, it's funny because I was really hoping, uh, Rowan was going to make it a tie and then have somebody doing an impassionate speech to kind of sway me one way or the other. I'm not sure if we got it right, but I'm also not sure we got it wrong. Um, and the reason being is that Michael, um, last episode was talking about Nation having very problematic skits. Uh, Bainey, you 100% took a little bit of what I was going to say, um, because if you want to talk about problematic skits, uh, Triple H knows how to do a problematic skit better than just about anybody. Um, and it's just, and when I think back on it, some of my favorite moments in the WWE is with Triple H being in it and being as hilarious as I think he is. And then some of my most cringeworthy moments of the WWE is when Triple H has been in it and doing very crunchy things. Um, and so I'm thinking back on it and did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? You know what? I think either one is not a bad play. I mean, because they both had their place. They both had their time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, DX, um, to make it three, two, because again, I think that they deserve their props. Again, they create WWE is still around because of DX, but you know what? we could almost say probably in a year or two that probably the WWE is, is around because the bloodline was there.
0: Whew. All right. All right. We got to settle back in here. We have got another one. (laughs) Y'all, by the way, have driven me to have another drink. So, Oh my,
4: (laughs) (laughs) nice little can pop there
0: from the cigar city brewery right here in Tampa, Florida, our best known export aside from methamphetamines,
4: What's funny is I almost oh my got, God. <laughs> I, I almost got a Cigar City before I saw the Three Floyd's pack and got that instead because they actually have Cigar City in Chicago now too. I love Cigar City.
0: Cigar City is a great little brewery. Yeah, uh, by the way, yeah, you, I'm not lying. By the way, I think methamphetamine is our best known export. Um,
4: yeah, no, I think you're right, but Cigar City is a better export it is, <laughs> because
0: it's delicious and still not healthy for you.
4: It's delicious, and also it's not meth.
0: It's not meth. <laughs> it is <laughs> a, a Highline IPA, which is one of the best IPAs in the market.
4: Oh, that—that a- that is actually the pack of beer that I almost got. The Highline. We mix- had a case of Highline.
6: Yeah. One legal, uh, one not legal.
2: By the way, that's true. That's, that's true. That should be on your business card. We're not meth.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Highline. You can drink it and gamble on it. What's better than what I, that?
0: What I'm hearing is <sighs> when I come to Chicago, I have gotta bring three bottles of Siesta Key Spice Rum for Jay and a mixed 12 pack for Rowan. And yeah, because it's hard, hard to find thermal.
4: anything from It's hard to find anything from Cigar City other than High Lai here. Like that's right. the one that's made it here. Yep. But on my trips to the horse track in Tampa Bay, I have drank a bunch of beers from them. And they're good.
0: They are. I love this place. Next time you're down here, we'll hit it up.
4: Absolutely.
0: All right. So our next pick, we are going to kick this one off with Bainey. Bainey, you have got the three seat of the shield, which took out the Heathen family. And the judgment, judgment. day. I, I'm, I'm, building, I'm building anticipation. I'm trying. I'm failing, but I'm trying. <laughs> Taking on the Dangerous Alliance which took out the inner circle and the Wyatt family shield dangerous Alliance. Benny, kick us off. Yeah.
3: So I'm, we're, we're looking at the shield again, three prominent mainstay stars in their companies um, because WWE didn't know what to do with Dean Ambrose. And, but you look at their top two champions, even though one of them is a a consolation prize, um, of Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns you have again just their amazing run when they were a faction being the hounds of justice who are they working for everything like that their face turn against the corporation or uh, no not the corporation essentially the th- the authority was great and t- see that's why the corporation and the authority are dumb because I mix them up um, but <coughs> And then you're you're not, you're not (laughs) wrong. Yeah. And then you're looking at, uh, one of the great rivalries to come out of this era of WWE was the shield versus the Wyatt family and the, the, just the back and forth of this wasn't even a WrestleMania match. This was a match at elimination chamber that year. And people were ecstatic. They were chanting, holy shit before that anybody even touched in the ring they they knew there was something special about to happen. But then again, you have the Dangerous Alliance. You have all these Hall of Famers. If they're not in the Hall of Fame already, you have one of the best minds in wrestling putting together these groups of individuals. And I think due to that and because of the longevity and what they created and everything, I'm actually going to be voting for the
0: Dangerous Alliance here. Dangerous Alliance has its first vote. Alan, what do you think?
5: Um, I I, th- I think he's wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking at the bracket. I'm still in awe that the Alliance made it this far. I really am. Um, yeah, I'm definitely picking the Shield here for sure. Just and hopefully setting up an interesting next round matchup. Hopefully, if everybody else votes correctly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Shield. Like I said, I'm a I'm a big Roman Reigns fan, and hey, don't hate on the man because they agreed to the contract.
0: No hate, really jealous. Not gonna lie. Shield has its first vote. It's a one to one tie. I'm gonna go over to Rowan and say, Rowan, break that
4: tie. I mean, Rowan, <laughs> Rowan, goodness gracious, Roman Reigns is everything to me at least in his current form but like I discussed before it's still really weird to go back and just see like the different what he was before he was in the bloodline and obviously all three members of the shield are very important to wrestling in its current incarnation but the dangerous alliance I've said time and time again that the tiebreaker between two deserving things is what they're importance was to me and the dangerous alliance as a faction was everything to me when i was you know seven eight nine years old however old i was in like 1991 1992 i guess like eight or nine and on top of that you know just one of those things that I didn't have the words for when I was a kid in early nineties, North Carolina. And I do now, like it's kind of the, just kind of the pulling warring ways of masculinity, something that as a trans and specifically trans masculine person, I think about a lot, you know, there's, what you think a man is supposed to be, or at least I thought a man was supposed to be in the early 90s, you know, ravishing Rick Rude, look at my (laughs) muscles, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm doing the hip thing in my chair. Versus Polly Dangerously, who's not physically speaking the man you were necessarily supposed to be at that time, but he knew everything that was going on and he knew it and he gave zero... I don't know if I'm allowed to say F words here, but none of it. He gave zero fucks. Whoa. How anyone told him that he needed to be a man or a wrestling personality or whatever, because he knew what was going on. He knew how to run his dangerous alliance. He knew how to run his mouth just like he does now. The dangerous alliance was everything to me. It, you know, makes me feel feelings when I look back at them now. Paul Heyman remains everything to me. One enthusiastic vote for the Dangerous Alliance.
0: Dangerous Alliance is a 2-1 lead on the shield. Chris, going to you.
6: You know, it's so funny. We keep talking about Polly dangerously with the Dangerous Alliance, obviously because dangerous, dangerously, and the whole bit. We do not talk about Polly with the bloodline, or at least not in the last time, couple times that we've talked about the bloodline. So that'll be an interesting conversation to have potentially in the next round. With that said... Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed the Dangerous Alliance very much, uh, especially because I was not the biggest WCW fan at that point in time. Um, still not. Um, if you ask me to go back and watch wrestling matches, I hundred percent usually will go to a WWE old match, especially if McFoley was in it. Um, I will not go back and watch something from WCW. It's just that's not usually my shtick or my thing. And with that said, uh you had three gentlemen that not only dominated as their time together, but continued to dominate through all of wrestling right now. And we can't say that about the Dangerous Alliance. Yes, you had some excellent Hall of Famers. You had people that moved on to do things, but not you did not have the ones that moved on to do things as strongly as The Shield has. I mean, again, it's just like you look at Mox, you look at Roman, you look at Seth uh, freaking Rollins, and just to see the amount of stuff they've done in the WWE, it's hard not to pick them, and it's going to be very hard to not pick them in the next round if they make it to the next round, depending on how Michael votes. So I'm going with The Shield, and it's going to be very interesting to see where Michael goes in the next one. It
0: it is two to two, the shield and the dangerous alliance, leaving this in the somewhat capable hands of Mr. Turner. Before we get to him, buzzer beaters are reset. You have one buzzer beater for the entire episode. If you want to use it, speak now or forever lose your opinions.
4: I'll pull the buzzer beater. Why not? Rowan,
0: go ahead. Dang it. You beat me by this much.
4: It's interesting that Chris mentioned when discussing The Shield about what people went on to do, because yeah, Mox and Rollins and Roman Reigns, none of them were in their final form in The Shield, but All of them went on to do huge things. But you can say that about the Dangerous Alliance too. Polly Dangerously is not Paul Heyman's final form, although you could see where he was going and see what a great mouth he was. Um, Stunning Steve Austin was not Stone Cold's final form, but that winnowed its way into my head enough that I still laugh my butt off whenever I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin just because... Oh, that's stunning Steve Austin in a new skin. A better skin, a much more interesting and entertaining skin, but it still just cracks me up to think that they're the same person. I feel like both the Dangerous Alliance and the Shield were very much things where major figures in wrestling used that... Like They were cool then, and then they sprung forth to be better things, but... Even so, I think as far as people being closer to their final or, you know, their most evolved Pokemon form, if you will, (laughs) you saw a lot more of that in Paul Heyman than anyone. Of course, we're talking a lot about Paul Heyman, but the Dangerous Alliance is where everyone realized, wow, he's one of the greats.
0: All right. The buzzer beater has been thrown up. Turner.
6: Real quick, though. Two things. First off. Uh, Zach Morris called. He wants his cell phone back. <laughs> Two. Um, yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, yeah, No, I'm not going to take up Michael's time. I'm sorry, Michael, but please continue. I'm like, are I you just... also
4: throwing up your buzzer beater? I, I can't. What?
6: I can't. It's one per, but trust me, I would love to throw it up right now. I would love to, but Chris said that it's only one person that gets it.
0: We are. We are all saying Zach Morris is trash, but Mike Turner, your opinion is not. It's all up to you.
2: Oh, my opinion is absolute trash. You, you, you know me by now. Uh, two, two, two quick points before we continue. Uh, one, Brody King and Andrade just had a banger on Dynamite. That mm. match was awesome. Uh, two, I request that I no longer speak after Rowan, uh, my friend. I can't
6: follow you.
1: That,
2: that's that's <laughs> some amazing speeches. That's some
6: good it. passion right there. That's what I'm talking I, I about. Very much. Thank you. <laughs> um
2: like i i went into this thinking that this was uh, an easy pick for me because as you know i am the not not the elder statesman in terms of age but i think the elder statesman in terms of what i watch like you know i i i'm pretty sure i'm the only one who's actively watching you know luther's matches from 1964 uh you know this this is what this is what I do. I, I appreciate the older style. So WCW you would think is right up my alley. And I went into this with every respect of thinking this is dangerous lines and it's God, it's hard. This, this, this is easily the most difficult decision I've had. Um, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, I think the members of the shield individually will be better known as individuals once we have gotten past the annals of history and look back at things. I think we will, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think we will respect John Moxley more for his AEW work, for his independent work than what he did as Dean Ambrose. I think we will recognize Roman Reigns more for the bloodline than for the shield. I think we recognize Seth Rollins more for his current, Persona, laughing madman, fashion plate, whatever, whatever the hell that is. It's uh,
0: God, okay?
2: What? They Rizgad, absolutely. White wife of the man. How about that? Um, <laughs> uh, so I I just have more of a connection as a unit with what Dangerous Alliance represented. This was a collection of people that Paulie dangerously brought together because he was being screwed by world championship wrestling. There's a very impassioned promo. Go back and watch on the network. Halloween Havoc 91. Ravishing Rick Rude debuts as the Halloween Phantom. He's under a mask, but good God, he does the Rude Awakening. Oh no, I wonder who it is. Um, and he does this fantastic promo afterwards about how he is going to get to the heart of everything WCW stands for. And it starts with sting. Follow this with the clash, November 19th, 1991. Never seen before on this level. Ravishing Rick Rube destroys sting in three minutes and wins the U S title in a complete upset and lets everyone know that this faction, what wasn't a faction yet is here to stay. 11 year old me lost his shit. Like, this was badass, healed him, not seen on that level in a long ass time. I, I'm being very long winded. I gotta go Dangerous Alliance. Wow.
4: We ordered that pay per view for my ninth birthday.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, after I was criticizing, criticizing the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. for being better known as part as their outside characters rather than their inside characters. Stunning Steve Austin. That's right. The-
6: <laughs> Look, the ringmaster disagrees with you, Michael.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Dangerous
0: lines a, moving on. That
2: gimmick's a piece of shit, boy.
0: Oh, Lord. <laughs> Y'all think my job is easy. You try on these five. Dangerous Alliance <laughs> mean- moving on to the semifinal match. It's time to see who... Is taking in the other semifinal slots. We're going to start with the one seed from the right side of the bracket. The Four Horsemen danced their way past the Varsity Club and Fortune to get here, taking on the Elite, which super kicked its way through the Brood in the Nation of Domination. We're starting this one off with Allen. Of course, we are. Um,
5: this is another. Tough matchup. Big fan of both of these factions. <sighs> the elite, all of their members and everything they've done. The fours were like like uh I forget who it was that said in the last episode, you know, the they they look good, they talk good, they spent good, they kicked ass good. I gotta go with the four horsemen
0: here. Four Horsemen have their first vote. Rowan?
4: I mean, they kicked ass good and I'm a heel kind of guy. Um, I don't have anything super close to my heart or my own personal wrestling experience with either the Four Horsemen or, you know, I guess the elite are active during one of my professional wrestling phases, but they're not really my thing. But yeah, the Four Horsemen... Iconic heel faction, iconic faction in general. I got to go with the Four Horsemen.
0: Four Horsemen have a second vote. Chris?
6: Without the Four Horsemen, we do not have any of these conversations, period. Four Horsemen moves on.
0: 3-0. nil. Four Horsemen's moving on. I want to hear from everybody. That includes Turner for some reason. (laughs) You invited me. You're my punching bag, this entire bracket. I have one every time.
2: My God. Uh, yeah, this is, to me, this is the easiest of the four uh, matchups. Um, everything that has already been said uh, speaks volumes. Um, these were the first heel group that really got embraced by the fans. I mean, you you had teens in college dressing up in business suits and wearing Ray-Bans in the crowd, just throwing up the four fingers like... Just the 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 men wanted to be like these guys, and you know, Ric Flair swears the ladies wanted to be with them. I mean, it, it, from watching a lot of '80s footage, it sure looks like they were right. Um, <laughs> there's just dominance on a scale not seen in the 1980s, and yeah, you you really don't have the professional landscape currently existing without them. Um, we we gave the elite their flowers, and you know, they are tremendous athletes, but. this this is a cakewalk for the four horsemen
0: well the uh Flair would say woo the girls would probably say ew Four horsemen have its fourth vote last vote here goes to baney
3: uh yeah but it doesn't matter regardless and that's okay um yeah but like you're looking at the four horsemen yeah they are the I, i said it last episode they're the mold for what heel faction should be they're they're the mold, what a heel should be in regards. Like if you need something, uh, if you need a proper turn and you're not sure where to look, what were the horsemen doing? What can I do? Hell, they did that with Baron Corbin. They made him win the lottery and made him rich and dress stylishly. Didn't really get over that much. and it, But that's besides the point. They tried because it was something that usually works. Uh, I want to give. The elite, their flowers, though be as as it may, they get their hate enough online as it is, and I'm going to probably be called a mark by anybody that listens or anything like that because you know I like the flippy shit or whatever you're or anything like that. I think what they're doing is great. They, <laughs> I, I like what they're doing. I like their work. I like everything that they stand for. I like all those things. I like the members of their group, whether they're together or not. And I think again, they, they gave the wrestling world a shot of adrenaline back in 2018 to revitalize the standard and where we are now, because I mean, if without the elite, we would not have that, you know, insane run in NXT. We would not have all these, amazing new storylines going on today so i want to give my flowers to the elite but my vote is
0: going for the horsemen now the horsemen have the sweep it's time to see who they're facing in
1: that final matchup hey there pte network listeners do you like fantasy sports pouring over stats and trash talking your league as you take home the trophy do you dislike fantasy sports have no idea what ppr is and prefer to keep it that way No matter how you answered those questions, this podcast is just for you. On draft days, we play fantasy sports, just without the sports. Instead of drafting athletes, we draft anything. Fictional dogs? Sure. New metal bands? Absolutely. Breakfast cereal? Why not? Everything is up for grabs as we try to build the best fantasy teams possible. The best part, I made up a bunch of rules that allow us to score points, so someone gets to walk away the winner. Listen along as my guests and I have a few drinks and have a lot of fun building fantasy teams out of whatever we feel like. Starting this February, you can join me, your old pal Jeffy Donuts, every Wednesday for new episodes of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a pun. It's a beer pun.
0: This one uh, got a little testy last episode, mostly because of me. Okay, well, all because of me, but <laughs> the sixth seed of the New Day took out the Best Friend and the Heart Foundation on the way here. The seventh seed of the Undisputed Era, Super Kick Team Canada, and then took out the two seed, the NWO. It's New Day versus the Undisputed Era. This time we're starting off with Rowan.
4: I mean, this is tough because the Undisputed Era is so foundational to NXT, but the New Day is a fixture in the tag team division. They are so much fun on so many levels. They took that goofy preacher gimmick and, you know, as somebody who spurns the entire concept of positivity, they still somehow made me love them. I love everything about the new day. I love I, I love their silliness. I love their enthusiasm. I love just people of all kinds getting behind them. I mean, my goodness, like I said before, I'm I'm a heel guy and like particularly by the time I got back into wrestling, they were like the faciest faces who ever did face just because of their silliness and how much people love them um up up down down is wonderful like i think i mentioned in the you know the first time the new day came up 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 down, down made me like baron corbin i didn't think that was possible just i love everything about the new day and of course my vote's going to the new day of course it is
0: New Day's got a first vote, Chris.
6: Um, you know, I think this is going to be a, a vote to bring in a sacrificial lamb um, to go up against the Four Horsemen in the next round. Just got that feeling. Um, New Day, uh, we give we've given a lot of love to them and deservedly so. Also, just need to remind everybody too: Xavier Woods is a, he's changed, but man he did some dumb stuff when he first came into the WWE and he did some really not so great things um, that uh, I really don't want to talk about just because it's just, it was really kind of dark stuff and um, but it's just, it, we yes, these three are amazing together. Yes, they're, they're good guys now, but Xavier's past cannot be overlooked. He did some stupid really not great stuff. And, um, and for that, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, and then with Undisputed Air, it's kind of the same thing a little bit. Cause Adam Cole um, did some pretty crazy, dangerous stuff in his indies and whatnot. And um, uh, But let's just go back to the, uh, to this real quick. Uh, and uh, cause I'm kind of getting off track a little bit. Both of them are fantastic. Both of them I enjoy. I do, I mean, honestly, I think this is a win win for me. I really am happy with uh, if uh, Biggie and uh, Kofi move on, or if Adam Cole and uh, the boys from Undisputed move on. Because I have to make a vote on it, I'm going to say Undisputed Era.
0: Undisputed Era has got its first vote.
4: I, I just have to say before I move on, you mentioned mm-hmm. Sacrificial Lamb and now stuck in my head is that stupid little ditty that Elias sang on the way to the ring before Brock Lesnar kicked his ass in the Royal Rumble. Well played. <laughs> and it's well probably going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, Chris, we kind of heard you a little bit about there, about uh, Xavier. Are you saying there are there are some consequences for Creed?
6: Ba-boom. Wow! Well played. Well played. well played, well played, well
0: played. You can give me my flowers later. I like mm. roses. Uh, let's see here. Next, we're going to go to Mister Turner.
2: So, I, I'm I'm torn. Like one one of my you know one of my constructs has been um, longevity of the group, and you know you have New Day kicking ass in WWE since 2015. But then you have Bobby Fish has been around since the days of Methuselah. The man's social security number was two. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to beat him for longevity records. Um, no, I, I, I joke because I, I'm, I'm really torn in that. I love both groups and, um, I I, listen, it's not a secret that I I probably will be voting the Horseman in the next round against whoever advances here. So I'm I'm really in a dirge of I I love both groups. I'm just going to have to advance the new day based on how long they have been on main roster and done so well. You know, and, and it's not Undisputed's fault that they didn't get raised up to new to the main roster, um, but they, they had a phenomenal run and ran NXT. But I just I just think you have to look at mainstream
6: popularity here. So I'm going to vote for New Day. New Day. Adam Cole was going to make a great manager.
3: <laughs> right. All
0: right, Bandy, you going to you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean that this one going in, I messaged uh, the personal chat when we were going and I went, I looked at this elite eight that we were voting and I went, Oh, these are going to be some good matches. This was the match that I looked at. And this is the one that I was like, this is going to be a great one to argue about. This one was going to be a, just a good talking point. Now looking at it, it is amazing work in the ring between all seven of these guys with Kofi with Xavier with Big E you have phenomenal phenomenal chemistry you have phenomenal you know they know how to get a crowd involved they know how to do all these certain things they know how they know how to tell a bit of storytelling within their matches um you have just a bunch of different stuff with you know you have the Usos is the one that I always go to especially their Hell in a Cell match which was insane it was phenomenal Then you have the Undisputed Era where just overall great workers, overall top talent in my eyes. I mean, where's the lie? But like, you have all these certain things going for them. And then, yeah, you're looking at the longevity in these groups, too. New Day has been around since roughly 2014, 2015. Undisputed Era was there from 2017 to roughly about 2020. And then they decided we want to do more things because our contracts are ending. From that standpoint, I, it, this is a close match to me. And I think just teetering that needle over is the new day. So the new day is going
0: to be getting my vote. And with that, the new day is going to pick up a win, but I want to hear from everybody. Alan, that includes you.
5: Yeah. I had a feeling this was going to be tight and close. I mean, just cause like everybody said, just the. The impact of both these groups, the the in ring work, just the the just, I mean, their legacy. These groups will be talked about. You you just can't not talk about either one of these and what they've meant. But yeah, I mean, like Chris said, I don't think it matters. Um, just based on the matchup of who they'll have to go against in the next round, but uh, I would actually pick undisputed here.
0: Undisputed Era picks up the vote. Unfortunately- also,
6: real quick, Chris, there was one thing that we didn't really mention, the Undisputed Era not only really was starting to do it in, uh, with NXT, but then also they had kind of a nice little offshoot that was building before injuries in AEW as well. And so they transcended companies, which is just very a very interesting thing that doesn't happen all that often. So just, but not I think it's, it's a win-win either way. I mean, r- really and truly, I've got no problems with new day moving on. Uh,
0: the longevity there is a uh, well-documented and well-noted and everybody likes a, uh, a comeback story,
6: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as NWO didn't move on, I'm completely happy with everything that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Like new, <laughs> new, new, new day is more still.
4: important to me, but I wouldn't have been mad if it was undisputed and moved yep. on because right. they're great. Yeah. They're great.
3: And I think they deserve to be this far in the bracket. Sure?
6: Yeah.
4: but agreed. And I mean,
3: like this was just a, the way the seating went the way everything was going there this was just going to be a tough match no matter what
4: and, and they're both they're both iconic factions who have real faction feel to them oh yeah
0: yes i'll give, I will, I'll Dance. give you that we are on to our final four the first pick of the final four chris you're kicking us off here the bloodline or the dangerous alliance
6: Whew, man, oh man, because I was very impassioned about the shield um over the dangerous alliance uh again uh just i, I still say that Polly needs to give uh, Zach Morris's cell phone back uh the Ringmaster, um uh, just really and truly um maybe one day he'll become something I just don't know um but <laughs> but let but let. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. But let's talk about the bloodline again. The bloodline really and truly, the best part I could say about the bloodline is I don't like them. They've generated an emotional response in me for the better part of three years. I cannot tell you how many times I've said to somebody, okay, Roman's losing the belt tonight. He's losing it to X. He's losing it to Drew. He's losing it to... Whomever, and he doesn't do it, and it makes me mad every single time, and I love that the fact that I'm mad. I love the fact that I'm emotional about it, because that's what wrestling is supposed to do. Wrestling is supposed to make it emotional. It's supposed to have a feel, and that's what The Bloodline does. The Dangerous Alliance, as much as I love Polly um, I'm, and this is why it's so much fun. The fa- because again, we were talking about the gear up between Bloodline and Shield because of Roman. Let's talk about the gear that Pauly versus Paul Heyman. You know, and again, the reason why the Bloodline works is because of Paul Heyman. The reason why the Paul Heyman works as well as he does is because of Polly. Dangerously, he has honed his craft beautifully. And because of that, I'm going bloodline because of Paul Heyman, because of his history, because of what he's done, because of his mouth, because he makes me hate them all so much more. And you know what? God bless him. I love that emotional response on me. That's why I watch wrestling by God.
0: It is something saying Paul Heyman's got two like elite factions here. The bloodline gets the first vote. Turner, going to you.
2: You ready for it? I've been building up to this the the, the entire game. Uh, it's time! It's time for my heel turn. I'm going bloodline, Woo! and I'll tell you why. It it just has resonated more over a longer span. Like I said, Dangerous Alliance, the, the meat of it was October of 1991 until, like, they lasted until probably about October of 92. It was really over after the War Games match in May of 92. There was some infighting there, and it just, it, it kind of got played out. Paul Paulie ended up into a feud with Medusa, who we haven't even talked about in the Dangerous Alliance. So give 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 Debbie Maselli her flowers. Um she she did some phenomenal work there, but yeah, they ended up fighting each other, and eventually, like, the whole end game was to take out WCW by taking out Sting. They fucking failed at the, at the end of the day. Uh, Sting Squadron beat their ass. So, um, the the thing that worries me about the Bloodline is you know Roman's famous for doing these after interviews after the PLEs. God, I gotta have a hard time calling them PLE still. the pay-per-views, whatever. Um Bro, we're only in the third inning of the story. Bro, speed it the fuck up. I ain't got time for a third inning. We're we're already three years in. Uh-huh. <laughs> H- hurry that shit up. If he, if he doesn't lose to Cody at Mania this year, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. It's 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 about time. But I cannot not acknowledge, if you will. Uy. What they've done with the story so far.
0: What if he beat Cody and then lost to a cashing in priest?
2: No, I'm that's I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Idea. I'm convinced. I don't
4: want. I don't want Roman to lose the belt, but I don't hate that because I love Damian Priest. Like <laughs> that's a
5: great like, angle.
4: Call, do that. call trips. Call trips. <laughs> See,
3: I, no, I, I like the idea. I love a good cash in. Here's why I'm against it. Cody has dealt with the judgment day for yes. far too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> but what I, if they're that's not, what, what, what if that's a Cody heel <laughs> turn? Cody Judgment Day. Could that could be
6: let me ask you this real quick too, because Michael brought up something interesting with the bloodline, and that is if he does win at four, if Roman wins at 40, are they risking becoming NWO and they're like eighteen oh, different kinds? So of To me, factions? they're already there because it's watered down, and they're kind of watered down as it is. I mean, it's just like they brought in Solo, which was a great pickup for a little bit of time, but it's slowly becoming watered down and not nearly as effective as it once was. And also, without the belt being freaking on TV every single week, that's watering it down as well. Hmm.
5: And Orton just came back too, so.
6: And also, the fact SmackDown does not have a belt on a regular basis True. on that show, a singles belt on a regular basis on that show, which is pathetic. Is Walter not absolutely bad? pathetic? Because Logan Paul has the uh, U.S. Oh, championship, yeah, sorry. and that's the other one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Bane, right. we're going to you.
3: <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, th- this really does come down to. Uh, Oh, I've already hit all the talking points, which is great, of Paul E. Dangerously versus Paul Heyman. And yeah, Paul Heyman, you say it, Paul Heyman isn't Paul Heyman without Paul E. Dangerously. I would say Paul E. Dangerously got him in the door. He became Paul Heyman in ECW, and that's what led him to become the, the brain that he is now. He understands how a company works. He understands like all the, the, the back the back door stuff, like all all the things behind the curtain. And so he, yeah, it's a story long. Fuck. Yeah. It should have ended at 39, but here we are. But so we have to sit back and see what they're going to do. Now. There are other people in the company that could change things. I don't know if I want a punk in the bloodline story. If they decide to go that route later down the line, Uh, probably not. Um, Phil can mess with Seth for all I care. I don't give a shit. Um, but going into this, yeah, the 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 feelings that I have in regards to the bloodline, yeah, they make me loathe them because they're good at what they're doing. That it it, it is good heat. It, it's like it is the villain that you hate because they're good at being the villain in movies and everything like that. So with that in mind, yeah, the bloodline's getting my vote.
0: Well, as a guy who over the weekend watched both Die Hard and Love Actually, I have seen one person <laughs> be the villain twice.
6: Fantastic ah. Christmas movies, both of them.
0: Yes, and Alan Rickman sucks. that may you what? rest in peace, you're a wonderful person. The characters he played in those movies are terrible.
6: Is the,
2: ca- wow. is that the Is that the Love Hard uh, d- double feature, or is that the Die Actually double feature?
0: all right bloodline got its third vote next pick here goes to Allen.
5: uh yeah i mean i had stuff to say but i mean there's really not much to say um yeah i was definitely going to pick the bloodline so yeah
0: well the bloodline is in dangerous dangerously close to sweeping its way into the championship game Rowan, what say you?
4: I say we've got why eight or nine-year-old Rowan wanted to be Paul Heyman slash Polly Dangerously and why 40, 41-year-old Rowan still wants to be Paul Heyman. They are both excellent options, but as has come up, I think came up before in Shield versus the Dangerous Alliance. You know, the Dangerous Alliance is Polly Dangerously in a badass but still earlier form, and the bloodline is Paul Heyman in his in in his top, in his knows the most and does the most form. Add to that, you have Roman Reigns in that does the most top form like i i I think i explained to someone a day or two ago um i could be watching roman reigns current roman reigns bloodline roman reigns watch grass grow and be absolutely transfixed you've got solo sokoa who's just the most You know, badass, okay, I will not mess with you ever, ever, ever kind of enforcer. I love just how Solo Sokoa exudes enforcer. Um, Jimmy Uso's kind of a clown. We won't talk too much about Jimmy Uso. But just, yeah, between, you know, final form type Paul Heyman and... Roman Reigns, who makes me feel feelings like nobody else in wrestling now. And Solo Sokoa, who's the most enforcer, enforcer in my head. Just, of course, I'm voting for the bloodline.
0: The bloodline sweeps its way to the championship game. Turner, we're back to you to kick off this last semifinal matchup. The Four Horsemen versus the New New Turner, kick us off.
2: Yeah, I, I I stated in in our previous picks that uh, I was voting for the Four Horsemen, and I, I I just I can't change that. I can't change who I am, Chris. I can't. You're asking me to go against my nature, and I can't do it. Uh, I'm so happy that the New Day made it this far. I think it's an excellent showing for the three gentlemen, uh, and I I certainly hope that we hear more from them as a faction in the future. Uh, shout out to Biggie. Hope you hope you get better soon. Hope you can come back. Um, but yeah, there is there is no Turner identity of watching wrestling without acknowledging the greatness of the Four Horsemen, the greatness of Ric Flair, of Arn Anderson, of Tully Blanchard, uh, the the mediocrity of Ole Anderson. If we're being honest, the the pure shittiness of Paul Roma. But you know, yeah. They can't all be winners. Uh, The greatness of Lex Luger in finding himself as a heel with all his shiny, bright hair. This is winning championships. This is going town to town and doing it all night long. Woo! It's the Horseman.
0: Conspicuously absent from that conversation with Steve Mungle McMichael. (laughs) The Horseman have a vote. Banny, going to you.
3: Yeah, Something something made the mold Something something new day did Awesome I I I've said so much about the Horseman uh, leading up to Here I, I I've Said so much about the new day that led up to here um, If you haven't heard that yet what the hell are you Doing start this uh, <laughs> episodes From uh, the part one uh, but Then we'll go from there a little late um, now, dude. We're on the
0: second to last
3: <laughs> Yeah I know what the hell are you doing <laughs> But I'm talking to the listeners Uh they get me. Um, <laughs> they stopped a while ago. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, th- this is the New Day are phenomenal. I really do hope that they find their footing again. They are one, they have been one of my favorite acts in the WWE in the modern era. But you can't go against the greatness that is the
0: Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen get my vote. Four Horsemen have another vote. Alan, going to you.
5: Yeah, I mean it's it's well documented. It's well said. Um, I mean, how 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 do you pick against the four horsemen? You, 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 I can't do it. So yeah, four horsemen.
0: Well, I'd rather solve a problem like Maria than pick against the four horsemen. They have a third vote. <laughs> There's one in every crowd. Rowan.
4: Well, Alan just said, "How do you pick against the four horsemen?" Turner just said, I can't change who I am. I can't go against my nature. Well, I can't change who I am or go against my nature, which is why I can pick against the Four Horsemen. They are iconic. They are a historic heel faction. They had plenty of longevity. But the New Day just speaks to me as somebody who is a big old dork, as somebody who, as much as I specifically spurned positivity in my teen years, and I think part of that ties into all of the harassment I got in elementary school for being too enthusiastic about all the things. My goodness. New Day are a bunch of dorks who are enthusiastic about all the things. And they speak to me in my deepest nature. Of course I'm going the new day here.
0: New day picks up a first vote. The last pick here is going to go to Chris.
6: Yeah. um, We know uh, the horsemen are moving on and it's just like, as I'm hearing everybody and by the way, always speaking after uh, Rowan is the hardest thing because the amount of passion that's pouring out of you is unbelievable. And I love every bit of it, but man, you make it difficult to follow. So uh, anyway, um, anyway <laughs> I say all that just to say this new day. I think it's going to be impress- interesting to see the factions, the tag teams that come out of what the new day has done. I think in about 15 or 20 years, we're going to probably see three, four, five tag teams or factions that are going to potentially duplicate what the new day has done. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be neat. And I think we're going to totally see them be more influential later on down the line, but we're not there. And again, this is uh, the horsemen have been around for um, 40 years now. And they, and again, they have set the mold for heel factions. And as much as I would like to go for the new day, um, I'm a little bit, now that we're getting towards the end, I'm going a little more away from my heart. I'm going more for the historical because I am a history guy and I'm voting for the four horsemen, even though it's a moot point. It's a moot point now, the sound of cow makes. Because um, they've already been, they already were going to move on with the three votes anyway. But uh, you know, I it would be interesting to do this bracket in about 15, 20 years and see the duplication uh, that there's uh, of certain fa- of I mean because honestly I don't think there's an acclaim without the new day. I'll say that right now. I do not think there's an acclaim without the new day. I I mean they're just th- again the new day is going to bring out more tag teams, and more factions than we know about right now, and it's going to be great to see. It's going to be absolutely great to see.
0: With that, the Four Horsemen are moving on to the championship game, and we have our championship game, the Bloodline versus the Four Horsemen, the old versus the new.
6: Ding, ding, ding.
0: And let's go ahead and send it over to an ad break. No, we're not doing that. Let's go right into it. <laughs> Bainey, you're kicking us off here. Make your first pick.
3: Oh, it's got to be me. God damn it. Um, This is oh, hard to go first in this. This has been an excellent bracket. This has been an excellent tournament of amazing groups, of amazing wrestlers, of amazing managers and escorts and everything leading them to the ring. Amazing wrestling throughout in some cases. So going into this, you have the best modern heel faction against the pinnacle of heel factions. And it's hard to replicate the four horsemen, But I'm not saying that the bloodline does that. They're doing something different. They're doing something new. And I think that's great. They have an amazing mouthpiece in Paul Heyman. They have their top guy, finally top dog after, you know, going in for himself and changing his character and people finally like like rooting for him at some points or rooting for his downfall, but in a way that makes sense instead of him being the babyface in Roman. You had the Usos being a unstop an unstoppable tag team. You have essentially, in essence, I see him as the reincarnation of Umaga in Solo Sokoa. I think he is phenomenal. I think he's an amazing brute force. I think he's an awesome enforcer. And then you have the four horsemen. We you have Ric Flair. You you have totally Blanchard. You have Oli and Arn. You have all these people and, and just, it. this is a very, very good final and I am proud to be here to cast the first vote. I'm going for the upset.
0: Give me the bloodline. The bloodline got the first vote. The four seed, the current dominant champion up one to nothing. Alan, going to you. Yeah,
5: I was looking at this and I was like, how do you pick, like Baney said, you've got the current phenomenal storytelling, phenomenal heel faction in the bloodline versus, you know, phenomenal, the original phenomenal heel faction in the four horsemen, probably the, one of the best factions, if not the best faction of all time across all brands. I mean, it's the horsemen who doesn't know about the horsemen. So we're calling this the Best Wrestling Faction bracket. And for me, as much as I do love the Bloodline, it's it's the Horsemen.
0: 1-1, one, one, Horsemen and Bloodline are tied up. Rowan, going to you.
4: Who doesn't know about the Horsemen? No one. Who should know about the Bloodline? Everyone. As Baney said, you have the Best Modern Heel Faction – Versus the pinnacle of heel factions. But the pinnacle doesn't mean they're unbeatable. And as for me, you know, you've got two iconic factions of their time periods. And what really pushes it when it's a tough decision for me is who makes me feel feelings. I've gone through this in bits and pieces over and over again but the bloodline makes me feel feelings. Roman Reigns' power at all costs, the dysfunctionality of the bloodline as a family, and just its ability to tap into the feelings of anyone who's dealt with a just fucked up, power hungry kind of family or the idea that family needs to be blood family needs to be the be all end all of everything. Um, the bloodline taps into everything I've had to deal with my entire life and everything I've tried to resist my entire life. They make me feel feelings. It's the bloodline.
0: The bloodline has a two to one lead over the horsemen and we're going to Chris.
6: Oh, man, this has been a lot of fun. This has been great. I mean, peop- I, I appreciate the panel so much because y'all have given me a lot to think about. You've given me th- uh, different thoughts that I wouldn't have. You've uh, embraced my hatred towards the NWO, which I'm super grateful for. Um, so, uh, so coming to the final part of it, it's just like you basically have the reincarnate of the uh, of the four horsemen and the bloodline, the family edition. You know, you have uh, uh, you have the uh, the the style and profile and original, and then you have the four horsemen um, family edition going on right now. And the bottom line is this: my my tie breaking vote as we've gotten into the final bit has been historically and. I have to go with the four horsemen I don't like it I, I'm not a I'm not a I've, I, I'm a fan in the fact that it was um, it, it, it's always cool to hear the I mean to have the four go up and whatnot but uh, am, am I an outright fan of the four Horsemen no am I an outright fan of the bloodline no but I mean that in a way that I hate them. And I can't stand them, and I'm absolutely okay with that because it's so much fun to not to hate them and not stand them. So, uh, but it is the I, and, and I'm I'm sorry if I sound confused because this is a tough choice. This is literally a very very difficult choice. And also, I think it's fair to say I think either one of them deserves to win this this um, this, um, this bracket. It just that's the bottom line. But again, to, to me, the bloodline. Is the Four Horsemen the Family Edition, and because of that, if you don't have the Four Horsemen, you don't have the bloodline. So the Four Horsemen move on for me.
0: Well it wouldn't be boozy if we didn't have some controversy. It's four to four, the horsemen and the bloodline, and two to two. Two to two. No, there's four the horsemen.
6: Oh math is, math is when you've been drinking. ah uh, ah. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: And for some reason, this is all going to come back. And I didn't intend this, but it's a happy coincidence that it all comes back to the bracket creator himself, Mike Turner, to make the decision. Before we go to Mike, anybody want to lodge a buzzer beater? Banny, I can see your hand going up.
3: Alan was first.
0: Oh, Alan was first. Alan, go ahead. I'm not, you know, anyone can lodge one now. I'm not. It's the final matchup. It's too important to not let everyone give their opinion. Um, all right,
5: sure. Um, Like we're saying, I mean, the Four Horsemen were the original faction. Like, we don't have the Bloodline or anybody else in this bracket if there's no Four Horsemen. That's my piece.
0: Benny.
3: So I'm coming at this from a different perspective than I think everybody on this bracket because... For a lot of this, it, the one thing with me is that I have to go back and research the four horsemen. I didn't grow up with them or anything like that. I am watching the bloodline unfurl their story unfurl in front of me currently. And I think, sure, is that a little bit of a recency bias? Yeah, sure. I, I'll be the first to admit that. I understand where the four horsemen are coming from, I understand that. Yes, this, I keep, I said it so many times. They are the mold that people choose to cut and paste from when it comes to being a heel and being a heel faction. I don't think, you called them the Four Horsemen Family Edition. I don't think they are a mold of the Four Horsemen. I think there is something completely different. The idea is that they took the Anawai family and they decided, hey, we're making this a hierarchy I'm the leader you're going to follow or else. I think that is a great different perspective in regards to what we have seen where just people just have a common goal. Roman's goal is to make sure that his whole family is successful power through any means necessary. Like Rowan said, and I think that is beautiful. I think it is different instead of being like, we're rich and ladies want to have sex with us. That is A bit tiring after a little bit. Whereas you have all these intricate story parts and story beats in this bloodline story and in this bloodline faction. Sure. Is the story getting a bit watered down? Is the story getting a bit longer than anticipated? Yes. I still trust it to get it to where it needs to go. So that is my pitch for the bloodline. I think that they deserve this pick from you.
0: Everything is made up here and the rules. Don't matter. Rowan or Chris, do you want to try and sway on one way or another?
6: No, I'm, I'm good either way. Honestly, I thought about it. No, I'm good.
4: I mean, I think, I, I think Mike said a lot. I think the family nature of it transforms and makes them something different than the four horsemen were. Um, they're not, Another heel group, I mean, the four horsemen are obviously not just another heel group, but they have different motivating ideas and tapping into the idea and the power and the toxicity of the family makes the bloodline that much more compelling.
0: There you go. Turner, the last pick of the bracket. It's over to you.
2: Mm. No, I refuse. It's a tie.
0: <laughs> I'd right, get to get the last pick then.
2: <laughs> no. All right. Here's where we're at. Correct me if I'm wrong. This entire bracket is the best wrestling faction. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is not the best wrestling story, it's not the best wrestling angle. It's not the best past three years for WWE storytelling. It's the best wrestling faction. I just want to, I just want to make sure I'm clear about that in my head before I make this pick.
4: Yes. But can a faction exist outside of a story?
2: It's, 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 it's an interesting dynamic. My, my argument is, is this. And, and, And Bainey and Rowan both made very, very compelling arguments. Alan made a compelling argument. I I can't escape the fact that if they had just let Sami Zayn beat Roman at Elimination Chamber and ended the story, this would be a different conversation. If they had let Cody beat Roman at WrestleMania and ended the story, this would be a different conversation because it'd be nicely wrapped up in a tight little bow. And I don't know, it's, it's just, I can't escape the fact that it just is starting to feel less lucid. And my argument for the horseman is this, which cannot be denied the bloodline, I will say this are the best heel faction the horsemen have excelled at both heel and babyface faction there is nothing better than a fired up rick flair and Arn anderson challenging the hollywood blondes for the tag team championships in 1993. they have excelled on both sides of the street not just protecting Ric Flair's heel championships, but actually attacking the heels, getting revenge over Eric Bischoff in 1997 in Nitro. I was—I never thought the bloodline would advance over DX. I, I, can't, I can't believe we're even here, and I, and I have to applaud you. I think that's a correct decision. But I'm sorry, I, I can't do it. This is the horseman.
0: The Horsemen are going to be crowned our best ref oh. faction. But
2: wait! Oh.
0: But wait! Curtis Axel <laughs> is running down the ramp! He was never Curtis.
3: eliminated! Let's go! BT, <laughs> BT. <B-team, B-team.
2: laughs> Chris, are going to vote mm. for NWO again? No, 3MB. B. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: Oh, with that, the four horsemen are going to be your champions of the bracket. Uh, like it or not, that's what the panel decided. So send all hate mail to uh, Michael Doc Turner at something.net.
6: Awesome. <laughs> at awesome.com. <duh>. At copuserve.com.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's still around, I'm
6: sure. <laughs> Damn.
0: We all had a Netscape email address, right? All right. Thanks, Skippy. We are done for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you had a good time with us tonight. If you enjoy the wrestling content, listen, if this is something that you actually enjoy, let us know. We have a submitted bracket from a listener that's asking us to do the best wrestling entrance song. And I'm willing to bet we can wrangle a few of these fine folks back on with us to, to have that discussion as well.
4: I I didn't listen to Dragon Lee's theme music like five times today.
6: (laughs) That's fair. Screw Hulk Hogan's theme song, Real American, just definitely. Oh, yeah.
4: Screw that one.
6: (laughs) With all
0: of that being said, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your home for all the bonus content, not just of the Boozy Bracketology podcast, but our sister podcast and the podcast that started it all, the podcast that launched five other podcasts. The pub trivia experience. All that bonus content is there. Uh, we've had everyone here on that show at this point, right? I think yeah. Except we've...
4: for me. Oh, we oh, haven't
0: had you on yet. Chris, you... I would love
4: to be on PTE. I've still never been on PTE. I've uh... been on Front of Me. That's the only other one on this network I've been on.
0: You've been on you been on you were not on for Butwin yet? No, not yet. Oh, I will start yelling at Jay immediately. well
4: to be fair i've seen several of jay's posts of who wants to be on verboten then and it's always either i have an OQO match or i'm on vacation this week so (laughs) i am trying to get on verboten and i'm sure it will happen
3: yeah jay rated my stream and was berating me because i haven't been on her podcast yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) sounds like jay like yeah no it's definitely her that is 100%. Chris, you have been on PTE. It was a long, long time ago. my my. No you okay. had one of the highest scores we've ever had when you took on three other people in movie trivia.
6: Oh, oh my gosh. I forgot all about that. I'm so sorry, Chris. And you, if me. I
0: remember correctly, you were oh. legitimately mad at me for saying there's no more horror trivia left. And then I asked a question about uh, Phantoms in <laughs> the final round. Oh, my God. Oh. And you got <sighs> mad at me. Even though you got the question right, you said there was no more horror. Well, right. son, you, All lies.
4: you said there was no more horror. Here's my correct answer about horror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the was the fa- bomb and phantoms, yo. All right, that's enough everybody. for the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. I have been
2: Chris.
4: I have been Rowan.
2: I have been Chris Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I have been the person who made the wrong answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I've been Alan and I am still Bainey. Keep going. And I'm still Chris. Hey, we'll see you next week, next month, next year at some point with our next bracket. Until that point, have a good one.